I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 182. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. The songs of today get into us and they move us. They mark seasons of our lives. They put into words some of our deepest emotions. And this is true of the ancient songs as well. Shane and Shane present their rendition of a song written in 1979 by a Catholic priest. They title it Psalm 91. The original song was entitled On Eagle's Wings. Maybe you're more familiar with it than you thought. You who dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abide in his shadow. Say to the Lord, my refuge, my rock in whom I trust, and he will raise you up on eagles' wings. My friend and faithful listener, Liz, officially requested this song this week. Now, this song grabbed her attention because it was woven into the fabric of her childhood. She remembers learning it at church when she would go with her grandmother. They would play it during Mass, and although she doesn't remember why she liked it so much, she absolutely remembers it. You know, even at a young age, the truth of God's Word was being spun into the depths of her being. Hearing the song recently brought back all sorts of memories for her. The amazing thing is that she never knew that it came from Psalm 91. She never really knew that, with the exception of the chorus, that the entire song is almost word for word from Psalm 91. That's the power of music that is packed with God's word. But that power is brought full circle when we make the connection. You know, we read and study deeply, and then we use the song to remind us of that. Okay, that's kind of the premise of this podcast and what I'm hoping for you each and every week. So Liz went back to Psalm 91 and read it, and then this week, so did I. And she shared some deep and personally touching links and revelations that God gave her as she spent time in His Word. 
Here's the thing, though. She doesn't get those links and revelations by merely listening to the song, even though the song um, is almost word for word directly from that psalm. She grows in her faith by taking that leap into God's word. You see, God artfully weaves the power of the song and her memories and his word, and he makes this tapestry that becomes a new foundation of understanding and trust into my friend's life, but only when she does the work of thinking deeply and letting him touch those vulnerable places. You know the area of scripture we're going to spend time today, Psalm 91, uh, and the Bible interaction tool exercises, or bites as I like to call them, the bites that I use this week include listening to an audio version of the Bible, reading in multiple translations, writing out scripture, asking questions, meditating on God's word, discussing it with a friend, and journaling. Now, Do not get intimidated by this long list of bites this week. They are so natural to me now that I don't even think of them as bites really until I sit down to bring you into my process. I don't go to a list every week and say, okay, I'm going to use these. Like this week, it just naturally came out. Now, sometimes I'm kind of stuck and I'm thinking, okay, I've been using the same kind of technique week after week after week to interact with God's word. And I'll maybe go to my list of bites and try try something new from every once in a while. But that's not what happened this week. This week is just naturally how I interacted with God's word. And I listed out what I did for you. So let's briefly break them down. Bite one, Bible interaction tool exercise one, listening to an audio version of the Bible. It has been a super busy week for me, and I wanted to get a jump on the psalm. I knew it was going to be Psalm 91. I determined that I didn't have a lot of time to jump around too much in God's Word to prepare this week, so I had said, look, I'm just going to stay in Psalm 91. I'm not going to try to track down a bunch of cross-references. I'm just going to soak in this psalm, and I, I want to give you permission to do that. And so on Monday, I pulled up the version app on my phone and I listened to Psalm 91 in two minutes. Literally, it's less than two minutes for the guy on the app to read the psalm to me. Then I realized as I read, as I listened to the psalm that I was like, I think I learned this psalm as a kid in the King James Version. So I listened to it in the King James Version, which is the second bite, reading in multiple translations, or in this, in my case, I listened to it in multiple translations. Now, I like to, if you're going to use this Bible interaction tool exercise, I like to read in the New Living Translation or in the NIV. I like to study in the ESV or the English Standard Version. And this week, I threw in the King James Version for fun. Okay, now we are at six minutes of investment. You see what I'm saying? It can really just become part of the rhythm of your life. Then during meetings this week, we were on a break uh, and I was thinking about what I had been listening to uh, because I had listened to it repetitively. That's another bite I I hadn't even mentioned, a Bible interaction tool exercise of repetition. And I pulled out a scratch piece of paper. I think I had a note card in my purse and I wrote out Psalm 91.1. All right, so that's bite number three for this week, which is writing out scripture. And I wrote this out. 
He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Except I learned this verse as a song as a kid, and it came to me as I wrote it out. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so that... Okay, and I realized, okay, now I'm like my friend Liz. I have this song that I knew and sang. We sang it Sunday after Sunday. And then today, this week, you know, for the first time, it's impacting me in a way I never considered. Because as part of my meditating on God's word, my thinking deeply about it, I today or this week, I've honed in on the word dwell. In fact, that's what I want to talk about for a little while. I I wish that we were sitting across from one another having coffee because I really want to know what you would say when I ask this question. What do you think of when you think of the word dwell? All right, there's bite number four, by the way, asking questions. You see how simple it is? I mean, literally, we've gone through just a few habits, a few bites, and it's not that they're time consuming. It's just wrapping them into the rhythm of how you interact with God's word. Well, since I can't hear your answer, I'm going to give you what came to my mind, but it would be way more fun if you have this conversation with a friend. Oh, wait, there's another bite. (laughs) Number five, sharing with a friend. It's really as simple as this. Call up a friend, invite them over for coffee, something, and say this. I was reading in Psalm 91 this week, and the word dwell jumped out at me. What do you think of when you think of the word dwell? Here's my answer, though. Okay, so I think of living. My dwelling place is my home. It's where I live. I'm established here. In fact, we have a sign on the front of our home that says knees at EST period 1997. That, of course, is the year of our marriage. Uh, This family, my little Ron and Michelle knees at family was established 20 years ago when my husband and I covenanted together in marriage. We hang the sign of that on our home, on our dwelling, where we are settled and established. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, it is my dwelling just a roof over my head? No, I mean, it's where we laugh and cry and rest and work and study and lounge. My dwelling reflects my style. It has our smell. It's where we nurture our marriage relationship, where we nurture our children, nurture our friendships. It's where we grow. Uh, It's where we make mistakes and ask for forgiveness. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. My dwelling, my home, uh, it's where I'm accepted and nourished and comforted. It's where I belong. It's not a guest house. (laughs) I'm not just visiting. It's not my workplace where I'm valued for what I offer it. Now, I do invest in it. We clean it, we do laundry, we fix meals, we wash dishes, we maintain it, we decorate it, we invest in it. It's our safe place. 
He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So do I dwell in the shelter of the Most High? Am I established there or do I visit it like a guest house? (laughs) Do I treat the shelter of the Most High like a workplace, thinking I have to work for my position there? Another idea of dwelling is in our thoughts. Where do your thoughts dwell? Where does your attention linger? In Old English, dwelling was to lead astray or hinder. That's what I think of when I think of dwelling on something on, in our thoughts. Most of the time, if you're going to describe dwelling in thoughts, it's generally around a source of unhappiness or anxiety or dissatisfaction. You know, we dwell in the past. We dwell on our problems. We dwell on our obstacles. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What would happen if I recapture my dwelling thoughts and place them under the shelter of the Most High? I happen to love the King James Version. I mentioned it, that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. I can inhabit, I can dwell in God's secret place. My dwelling thoughts can be hidden in God's secret place. And then I asked myself the hard question, Michelle, where do you really dwell? I I know that we are complex people. I know that we can ease in and out of uh, deep communion with God. So in my mind, I automatically started making excuses. (laughs) And then something leapt to my mind, something that we discussed in um, our small group Bible study this week, Uh, We're in Genesis chapter 3, and after Adam and Eve sinned, God was looking for them in the garden. You see, God asks, where are you? Now, this question wasn't for God. He knew where they were. This question was for them. Could Adam and Eve accurately describe where they were? My daughter and I had a wonderful conversation this week. You know, the kind where you're so thankful that you didn't like rush around, but instead you sat and really listened to her. She's processing life right now. She's going to be a freshman in high school. And I was asking her some pretty tough questions about why she was feeling a certain way or responding in a certain way. And sometimes her answer was genuinely, I don't know. And I can relate because when I ask myself, or, or rather when I let God's word challenge me, where do I dwell? Part of me answers, I don't know. <laughs> but the other part of me wants to buck up and really take stock and be as gut-wrenchingly honest with myself. And so I, I seek to, to ponder or to meditate on this question and on this idea of dwelling in the shelter of the Most High. Have I made my home in the shelter of the Most High. Have you? Sometimes we treat his shelter like a guest house. I mentioned that. We come in and stay a while. We may even unpack for a long stay, (laughs) but eventually move back out on our own to our own dwelling apart from his shelter, usually until we desperately need him and then we move in again. 
Am I right? (laughs) I mentioned we can treat the shelter of the Most High like a workplace. We, We do that sometimes with our church experience. Instead of an extension of our dwelling with the Most High, instead of, um, our interaction at church being a natural outcropping of our established life with him through time with other people who are established with him as well. We clock in and clock out. We show up, we serve, we check it off our list. We may even really enjoy it, but we are established in the shelter of the most high. Are we, are we, or are we treating it like a workplace where our only value is what we give to it. And part of our responsibility is to show up when we're expected to. Now, I can honestly say I'm in a season of my life where I have made my home in the shelter of the Most High. I want to encourage you to do the same. It is safe and nurturing and encouraging and challenging. It is a home of laughter and tears and joy and pain and love my dwelling thoughts, uh, they're pretty good too, I guess. But sometimes I find myself slipping into dwelling on the past, dwelling on my hurt, dwelling on my longings. So what do I do? Well, I rehearse the goodness of God. I capture those thoughts and I declare my trust in him. Like in verse two of our psalm, it says the psalmist uses the bite actually of speaking scripture out loud. And I'm not sure here if it's a declaration of trust, a declaration of of belief or faith, uh, maybe a big heap of self-talk, a little bit of all three. I don't know. He says this, I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. I have spoken that out loud all week. I dwell with the Father. He is my refuge and my fortress, not my friends, not my husband, not my job, not my success, not my bank account. The Lord is my refuge and fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Trust my God in whom I trust are my dwelling thoughts reflecting the trust I have in him. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I spoke about, uh, I, I love this. I, if, you, if you break out, break it down and make it more simple, it's he who dwells will abide. Okay. And I spoke about abiding in episode number 123. And in that episode, I remind us of what Jesus said in John chapter 15. Whoever abides in me and I in him He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. He who dwells will abide. So if I inhabit the shelter of the Most High, I will abide and bear fruit. And I can't do that apart from establishing my residency with him. Oh my, okay, I think you figured it out already. There's no way that we're going to make it through all 16 verses together this week. Uh, We're about 19 minutes into the podcast already or 20 minutes in. So uh, you can meditate on this chapter on your own this week, though. Can I tell you there is so much more. I don't have time to unpack the rest. I can't leave out what God says back about us all the way at the end, near the end in verse 14. 
God says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Ah, Chew on that a bit. I rewound that verse over and over and over again this week. So what's next? I know I've asked more questions than I've given answers to this week. I know the pace has been different from other episodes. Honestly, I listened to a previous episode this week and thought, wow, Michelle, slow down. I just get so excited about all that God shows me that I really want to share it all with you. And so, um, but this week I just said, slow down. You can, it's okay to use just a few verses. Uh, what I can suggest for you this week is to read Psalm 91. Perhaps you will get stuck in one verse, just like we did on this episode. Perhaps you will generate more questions than answers. But what I want you to do, too, is try a new Bible interaction tool exercise that you haven't tried before. There is so much that God wants to show us. Give him the best foundation to do that by being in his word. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. We can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Alyssa from Minnesota, Alicia from New York, Randy from Indiana, Razzle from Cutter, Teresa from Louisiana, David from Oregon, Tabitha from Mississippi, Esther from Kenya, Kayla from California, and Patricia from Texas. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, or desktop. You can even print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and they just come straight into your app uh, without even thinking about it. And while you're there in iTunes, could you leave me a written review and a star rating? This really encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Oh God, Forgive Us by For King and Country to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 182. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, Take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.